Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free podcast. In today's episode, I have another special guest, one of my clients, Alana. In today's episode, we talk about the most important things that helped Alana break free from the diet mentality and helped her get in the best shape of her life, how she was able to find food freedom and the mindset shifts that she had to make in order to reach her goals. We speak how she overcame the fear of weight gain and the top tips for managing all of life's stresses. So let's get into it. Hello, Alana. Thank you so much for jumping on with me today. First of all, I would love if you could tell us what you do and what does life look like for you now? Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, What do I do? I run my own HR consulting business. Uh, I'm a wife. I've got two little men. They're age eight and 10. Uh, We have a really active life. I'm sure if there are any listeners who have young kids, uh, you will totally be seeing and hearing that stage of life. So life's busy. Yeah, there's kids' sports, there's school, there's running a business um, and looking after myself as well in amongst all of that. (laughs) You're honestly such a constant inspiration for me. And I'm not even just saying that to like to your own horn or anything. Like to be able to successfully run your own business, to be a loving wife and to have, you know, look after your kids and then as well as literally like achieve all your exercise sessions, all your walks, tracking your food, like... You are literally like so amazing. So you need to be proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you saying that. (laughs) I would love if you could tell us a little bit more in and around when you first became aware of your relationship with food and your body and when that really did start to become a struggle for you. Yeah. Look, I think it's always been something in my life. As as long as I can remember all the women in my life and I come from a very female-centric family, um, everyone was always on a diet. They were always talking about a diet. They were always talking about what their bodies look like. Um, I also grew up in the 80s and 90s, right, where what we see as image, body image is so different today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a bit of a rough time as a kid in terms of just, you know, single parent family. My mum had a really bad accident when I was little. And I definitely mm-hmm. used food as comfort, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um I also grew up in an Italian family and, you know, for anyone who's of European descent, um, you will know that food plays such a big part of just gatherings, right? It's a way of actually bringing people together and and connecting. So there was always this real abundance of food and a real encouragement to eat it, right? I mean, I remember having to sit at the dinner table. I couldn't have dessert until I'd eaten all my food, right? And we don't do that now. So it was such a different way of growing up and, and the relationship of food. So I think, look, as long as I can remember, it's something that I've consciously been aware of. And I think when I got to my teens, I felt a bit uncomfortable in my skin. I was definitely bigger in comparison to my friends at that age. And I remember, you know, maybe like 13, 14, 15, I already started restricting what I ate and actually normalised that that was okay. That was the only way that I had to control what I was eating. I think actually through working with you, I've identified that was actually about controlling the only element in my life that I could control, given so much was out of control. I recognise that now. I clearly didn't have the emotional maturity at the time to recognise that. 
And then I think it just kind of try and get grossed into adulthood where I literally have probably just gone from diet to diet. And I will say, like, I've never been, you know, really big, but I've also never felt super comfortable in my body. I've never kind of looked in the mirror and gone, you look amazing or maybe time. I would have like, you know, getting dressed up because you're going out or, but not a consistent thing. There was always this idea of picking, you know, my body to pieces. Um, So yeah, I I think always, (laughs) which is awful, right? Gosh. Yes. But at the same time, like, let's be compassionate towards ourselves because we definitely don't have that emotional intelligence and like all our belief systems are created from our exposure and what's around us. And it's so hard. And we watch the, even still the younger generation with their social media being impacted in such a negative way and jumping in that comparison piece into negative rather than looking at evidence that it's like, you know, possible for you. So um, all of that is so hard. And that's such a common thing that I hear all the time because Mm. I had exactly the same experience of developing earlier than all of my friends. Um, I was bigger. I was the bigger one and I hit puberty before everyone else. So that is really like really common within females who are older, who do have that, you know, negative body image. So we just need to like bring awareness to that. And it's such a hard topic as well, because we see so many people that are going through it. So just need to normalize the struggle a little bit, I think, and just be really kind and compassionate towards ourselves. So that really leads yeah, us really nicely great. into like what diets and exercise routines did you try in the past to <laughs> tell me and were they successful? Oh, jeez, oh, God, you name it, I've tried it, right? I think I um, that. <laughs> oh, it's just stupid, man. Um, the one that I was doing before I started working with you was so ridiculous. At the time, of course, I didn't think it was ridiculous. I was literally eating 500 calories a day for 30 days and then you would go through this three-week kind of period of increasing your calories to get you back up to a normal level a normal level of say you know 12 to 1300 so that you could try to maintain that loss because of course 30 days at 500 calories you lost a lot of weight Mm. um I just couldn't maintain it no surprises so that was I mean and that was horrific yeah it was and, and of course if you think about now through the education of working with you of understanding the impact of food on my energy I recognize now why I was such a grump for so long with my poor family during that period right there is no and I'm exercising on top of that right I'm doing you know six to seven days of exercise um yeah lots and lots of cardio I was doing some using some weights using an app to do that there was really no kind of a progressive structure to my weight training it was literally just pick it you know pick a session and do it for the day so I think you know you know when you ask were they successful I think short term sure some of them in the past have been but long term definitely not I absolutely have either regained the weight that I lost and again I'm not talking like huge amounts but mm-hmm. and enough to kind of you know get you to that discomfort stage and I definitely didn't feel from an exercise perspective huge changes in my strength or, uh, you know, kind of my capability in that regard. Um, I do actually really vividly remember our first call before uh, the program started where you said to me, um, ask me what foods I liked. And, uh, you know, I kind of rolled off some of the foods I like to eat. And you're like, great, I'll build it into your plan. And I remember thinking, she can't be serious. I'm actually going to be able to eat that on this program. And then you said the same thing about exercise. You know, what was I doing? And again, I'm rattling it off. And, and I'd said, you know, I was running and you said, ask me if I like running. Now, I hate running. I've never liked running. Uh, but again, I, I feel like I've just done it because that's the only thing that 
you know, you're burning in more calories and therefore losing weight. And so you were like, well, why are you doing it? And I was like, hmm, it's a really, really great question. And I think, I mean, we've been together now for what, almost um, a year. I've been for two runs and have hated both of them. One, I was so freaking sore afterwards. It impacted my weight training. But th- th- these were su- such big, yeah, do you remember? These were such big moments for me around um there's an alternative way of, of doing this and to be successful that isn't ruining your life. And I know that sounds extreme, but I think it's not until you're kind of out of it of having done all these really extreme diets that you can look on it and go, if I look at my life as a complete picture, all elements of my life, were all, all of my systems firing? Was I really happy? Was I, you know, thriving in all these elements? And the answer is no, I'm not. I wasn't, right? Um, and I think it's a, a really different ball game today, mm. which is super exciting. I love all of that. I love all of that so much. And there's a couple of talking points that I really want to pick out of that. And the first one really is, is how did you get and move through that mindset of not believing that you were mm. able to eat your favorite foods and reach your body goals yeah. the belief of like, oh, this is actually possible for me. Yeah. Um, I think there's some work that you and I did around limiting beliefs and this idea of, you know, what's good or bad food and you teaching me that actually there is no such thing as good or bad food, right? It's just how we choose to fuel our body. Um, and I think they were really important moments in, in my education um, around kind of trusting, you know, you and I have always talked about, you know, kind of trusting the process. Yeah. And I think in, in terms of kind of overcoming that mindset is there is a bit of trusting self and trusting you as the coach that you're working with, right? That you're kind of going, I know I've got to sit in this period and, you know, eat this food. And those, the first period, I was excited to be eating the food that I was eating and kind of like, this isn't going to last, right? I can't continue. At some point, this food is going to come out of my diet. And I think, you know, certainly I probably ate when I, you know, look at my diet then versus my diet now, I definitely ate more foods like, you know, pizzas and burgers and that sort of stuff that I had homemade through the, you know, the menu plans that you you put together for me. And that's not really my normal way of eating in terms of what my body naturally likes. But definitely the start, I was like, Mm. I really wanted to kind of go for this because A, I could, I had this kind of permission almost that I could eat it. And it was a bit of a test, I think, to myself around, can I eat this and still, you know, build muscle and get strong? And the answer is you can, but it's not easy. I'm not, definitely not going to sit here and say that I felt comfortable through all of that. I definitely had plenty of moments of going, oh, this is uncomfortable and I'm eating all these carbs, right? And we've been like told carbs is a devil and thinking this is going to be on my butt tomorrow for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And what would you say the one thing is that really helped you when you were sitting in that discomfort? Like what were you actually doing to, you know, not let that discomfort derail you and then go yeah. back to those restrictive behaviours? Yeah. So I think there are a couple of key tools that you gave me early days to really help me listen to my own intuition around eating um, you know, really listening to my hunger. So, you know, this kind of scale of, you know, one to 10, how hungry am I? That has been a game changer for me. I think, again, you know, in moments where we, uh, because, I've, you know, we've restricted our diets for so long, when you're in front of food that is con- you would in the past have considered bad food, we're, we're gorging, right? We're probably not even really all that hungry. And mm-hmm. so really, and even still today, it's become so intuitive for me to kind of, 
before I eat, you know, as I'm eating and then when I finish eating, kind of saying, how hungry am I on that scale of one to 10? Like, am I still hungry? And like all people, right, I've got days we are more hungry than others. And so there's another snack snack that kind of comes into my day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's been a game changer in terms of really listening to my body and being mindful of the cues that my body is giving me Um, Mm -hmm. and even actually stopping to eat if I haven't even finished my whole meal, right, which I never would have done in the past. I would have continued to eat that whole meal. But actually being really mindful as you're kind of going through of kind of stopping just asking that question. And I think the other thing linked to that is um, this idea of satisfaction. Um, You know, the amount of food that I've eaten over the past that has been so damn boring and unsatisfying just is, is totally ridiculous when I love food and we have amazing food around us, you know, in Australia. So as I've been like preparing food is really saying, how satisfied will I be from eating this meal? Because that is absolutely what helps keep that hunger at bay because I've had this real beautiful feeling of satisfaction. Um, So I think those two tools have been game changers for me in terms of really trusting as I'm eating to kind of say, even though you've made this beautiful meal, you don't have to eat all of it, right? You can eat and leave the rest for leftovers the next day for lunch and add to it. Does that answer your question? Have I Yes, that absolutely answers my question so well because it's it's <laughs> beautiful for you to speak from this own experience because it's really, really important for anyone that's going through that. They need to have mm. evidence that it actually works because going through that thought process of, holy shit, I have to eat more. I have to eat more carbohydrates. I have to, you know, allow myself to have these pizzas and burgers but if we're still in that space of oh no it's going to go straight to my hips like you said then it's really really difficult so that's why it's really beautiful that you can share your own experience because like my experience is one thing but then seeing other people go through it as well it can be really helpful because it's yeah and it's possible for everyone to experience and think to help them shift those beliefs so Absolutely. absolutely did answer the question in terms of like the so there was that whole increasing the carb thing there was all you know allowing yourself permission to have all these foods and I like to call that there's a rebel stage because when we go through that period mm-hmm. of restriction when we don't allow ourselves to eat these foods there's a part of us then when we do we're like oh let's have it all you know I want the pizza because yeah. I, I haven't had it for so long but talk me through that experience of you of going through that rebel phase and then like it evening out because yeah. I know a big thing for people is that no I can't have that because I'm not going to be able to stay in control so yes yeah um so look I think first of all having a menu plan and guidance from you was gave me the boundaries in which I could work for and I think that's really important when you are moving from such restriction into how you can kind of eat everything right because you're right it, it is this kind of rebel stage and I think certainly I'm the sort of person where I do like structure and I do you know like to kind of have a plan and so having that gave me this kind of confidence that if it was in the plan then it was you know it was okay food and it wasn't that if there was food outside of the plan but I just I used that menu plan to really guide my meals to help with that transition of trusting myself and trusting the food that I could eat without kind of and then as I did that for a few weeks I then started to kind of explore right I then went okay well actually now I can try this sort of food and 
you know, looking at kind of the macro composition of the meal and going, making sure I've got some good proteins and making sure I've got good fats and, and there is carbs in my meal. Like, what does that look like? Um, that really helped to move through that discomfort. Mm. You know, I do always come back to, there is so much, um, I think there's so much lack of trust with ourselves as, mm. as, and maybe it is men too. I'm definitely going to say as women, I do remember at one point in my life saying to my husband, do you guys think about this? Like when you look in the mirror, do you even, do you have the same thought? And he's like, absolutely not. I think about what my body can do for me. I don't think about what it looks like. And they don't think about food the way we do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do think there is this kind of deep trust that we have to build through that process with ourselves as we're kind of navigating this experience. It's funny, I, I use this terminology with my kids, right? We kind of talk about having moments of trust with each other. It's the same with yourself is mm-hmm. I think as we're exploring and you move, you know, so you start eating from the menu plan and you go, great, yes, I feel really, I feel comfortable. I've moved kind of from that discomfort. You then start to branch out from the menu plan. You're constructing your own foods. And again, these are all these kind of little moments of trust in yourself. And now it's so intuitive. It's how I eat. You know, I don't ever feel that I can't have anything and which is so freaking liberating <laughs> and particularly coming into the silly season right is there's so much ahead of us that you can't control right but what I've certainly learned is how do I make sure that I fuel my body really well in the meals that I can control um, and again just look for that really good kind of macro composition um, so that and from a perspective of actually feeding my muscles right mm. given that that's the goal here um but yeah, I think trust plays a massive role. Mm, I love that so much. And I love how you bring that to attention because I absolutely agree. And that's what I'm, one of my biggest like coaching, like helping me people move through is building trust with themselves and building trust yeah. in and around food again, like moving those limiting beliefs of, I have no control. I'm going to eat it all. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to yeah. binge eat, I'm going to lose it or X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. It's that important piece of leaning into that discomfort and then being able to use those micro moments in their life to build that self-trust. So I love, love that so, so much. In in terms of all of that, how did you really overcome like the fear of weight gain and like the fear Mm. of increasing our calories? Because I know it's such a common thing of women, you know, weighing themselves frequently. And then looking at the scale and then being like, oh, no, it's increased. I have to yeah. restrict or, oh, it's decreased. That means like I'm, I'm doing so well, like I'm so good, X, Y, and Z. So how are you yeah. able to move through, like even moving away from the scale for one um, and then not focusing so much on weight gain and being okay yeah. with increasing calories? Yes. Well, I mean, this is this was the game changer for me. I threw my scales out very early days. If you remember, I was like, this is not working for me. And, and partly because this stupid diet that I was on before I started working with you, you had to weigh yourself every day. So it became this thing that like it's that's so bad, right? And, it, and I, as you will know, what that number said, that dictated my day, right? Which yeah. is so stupid. But that is how a lot of a lot of people kind of govern, you know, their relationship with a scale. Absolutely. So it's like, this has got to go. I think, you know, you and I talked a lot about trusting the process, but also coming back to what my goals were. And my goal was about changing my body composition. So, you know, you your role in educating me through science and through nutrition and how my body needed to be fueled to be able to do that 
was what helped me overcome the fear, right? And, you know, you would say to me, you know, people that are weightlifters or, you know, trying to, who are kind of competing in this space, this is what they're doing. And they've got to sit through these periods of discomfort. And I think what's been really interesting for me now is, as you know, I've just gone through my first kind of deficit after we've been sitting in a, in only at maintenance as well. So I'm excited about what will come next. And I've seen drastic changes in my body in only a few weeks of sitting in a deficit. So I know that just giving me that extra confidence of it works, right? We have to fuel our bodies appropriately, um, let alone just to get through our busy days, right? But then add wanting to kind of change body composition. So I think, again, it, it's coming back to like what my goals were and, you know, your role in educating me through that. And, and we have plenty of moments where we jump on calls and I go, oh, my clothes are tight. Oh, when am I going into a deficit? And that's just that discomfort bit, right? And you'd sit there and we'd look at it, my body comparison peaks and you could see the stuff that I can't see. And I think that's, you know, the challenge is sometimes when you're the person in it, you almost become a little blind to your progress. Um mm-hmm. And so I think certainly working with someone who, you know, is standing back a little bit makes a massive difference in terms of helping you to see, you know, it isn't something that changes from day to day. I will also say when I started this, I said to myself, this is at least a year commitment. And that's because I've done all these really quick, stupid eight-week diets, right, where you drop calories. And, of course, because you've dropped it, you're losing weight. But this, for me, was like a whole lifestyle change. I didn't want to live that way anymore. I was sick of being so consumed by what I ate and how I moved my body um, that I knew I had to commit to at least a year doing it. And, as you know, I've set my next goal for four years' time. So uh, (laughs) this is it now for me. This is life. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. And, and that is removing those expectations that things are going to happen in 12 weeks. Things are going to happen in yes. eight weeks because like matter of fact, that's not true. Like it, it's impossible. And if you are getting results that way, then the way you got it yeah. is likely not sustainable. So if you want a sustainable yes. result, you need a sustainable method. The yes. same with everything, right? Um, yeah. yeah. How were you, say you were at the start of your, like at the journey, what would you say to your former self who wasn't trusting of the process? What would you mm. say to her right now to help her move through trusting the process? Yeah. I would say that like anything worthwhile in your life is not easy, right? So, and I think we become so fixated on you know, we look at a year or we look at, you know, three months and we go, it's such a long period of time. I'm 41 years old. A year is a very, very small portion of my life today, right? So I think it's like, like for me, it's not a journey to think, even though I'd said to myself, I want you to be comfortable, you're giving yourself a year to do this. Mm. It feels a little, it still feels a little out of reach, right? Mm. And so for me, we made sure that each new training routine, we set a physical goal around what I could lift or, you know, something in relation to the strength of my body. And that was so motivating because I think, again, muscle composition takes time to change. And so I think it's, you know, my advice is that a year is a really short time and trust the process. If, you know, you will have done it done a year before you know it. Um, and I think the second is, is, you know, setting those small goals so that as you're going through each of, you know, those kind of next training routines, you've got that other thing that's motivating you that isn't in relation to what you're eating, um, but is actually what your body is now allowing you to do because you're fueling it the way that you're fueling it. Um, I remember sending you a photo one night. My husband had hurt his back and 
we give the kids piggybacks to bed, um, our, our living areas upstairs and their bedrooms downstairs. And he hurt his back. And so the kids were like, oh, mum, can you come up and down twice? And I said to him, well, why don't we see if I can do this? So I put my eldest, he's 10, on my back and my youngest, he's eight, on the front of me. And walked down the stairs and was like, these kids aren't heavy at all. And so it was, you know, I do these, have these moments of using my strength outside of weight training that I was like, holy crap, man, I am getting strong. And that was like so freaking motivating. Um, that kind of gives you the motivation, right, to keep going. Um, my last thing that I would say is you're worth it. Because I think for all of us, you know, and, and certainly starting this process is, it's easy to say I haven't got the time or whatever all of the thoughts are, right, that we have in the moment. Um, but, you know, again, through working with you and on some of my limiting beliefs, I absolutely know that I'm totally worth it. Um, and I'm in the best shape I've been in my whole life at 41. And that excites me, right, around what else is possible. Yes. Oh, my God. That is so amazing. And that's it. It's like food and exercise is one thing, but like the flow and effect that it has in for the rest of our lives is just like, like gives me goosebumps. Remember like having conversations with you, like the first time that you went on a holiday and you had this food freedom and you're like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Or when you're going to the, I remember in the first few weeks of us coaching together, when you're going to those social situations and you're like, Laura, I was able to have full control and I was able to enjoy yes. myself and I wasn't stressed about the food. And so yeah. what other benefits have you been able to have outside of like body aesthetics? Like obviously we're here for it and we freaking love it, but where else yeah. has the one effect been in your life that like the, yeah. you know, the consequences, positive ones um, yeah. of healing your relationship with food and finding food freedom? Yeah, look, I think the social thing is a massive element of this, right? You know, the amount of times that I've been in social settings and I'd be thinking about, oh, I really want that, but that is not the right, that's such bad food, that's not the right food for me to eat, or I'm going to have to go for an extra run the next day because I'm going mm-hmm. to eat it, or it's actually just how much it consumes your thinking when you're there. So and so now I'm there. I'm not worried about the food. I fill my plate with what I feel like. I eat until I've had enough. And I'm present in the conversation with my friends and family who I'm with. And I'm not kind of distracted looking at my plate going, oh, geez, how much is here? What is this doing to me? Yeah, exactly. I think it's, yeah, I think that just is the overwhelming, you know, change for me. And even just, you know, the thinking of about food in my day, Mm. um, it's just not there anymore. It's, you know, and again, when I say thinking, I mean the judging, right? The, the judging and the making me, making yourself feel bad for what you might want to eat or what you end up eating. Um, you know, I mean, how many times in the past I would have, you know, had a meal where I've totally gorged and then be like, right, I'm not eating for the rest of the day now. That's totally it, like I'm done. Or even worse, not eat all day because you know you're going out for dinner and they get to dinner and you're so freaking starving, you end up gorging anyway. So it's, I think all these social things have been uh, huge. The other thing that I would say, though, is that my overall energy, I mean, I'm pretty energetic anyway, but I think I feel much more balanced because I have more balanced nutrients in my system. And it's interesting, you know, I, I notice my hunger levels more in an appropriate way that is like they're real if that makes sense like I think sometimes when you restrict so much is you think you're hungry which you probably are but now for me it's like well I've done more training or I've had a tennis session or you know and and there's this kind of pleasure around actually now fueling myself because of you know that activity but yeah without a doubt the social thing is is a huge thing god I wish we didn't do that to ourselves (laughs) 
I know, but it's so right. It's like as soon as we're stuck in that cycle and it's that cycle that's feeding back into it because if we can't get rid of that restriction mentality, of course it's not going to change because it's that constant, the restriction is fueling like the binges or the overeating periods. And until we actually change our our mindset and our thoughts and get rid of that diet mentality is truly when we're able, actually going to be able to be free with food and then be able to change our body composition so easily because once that's all under control, honestly, like the, the maintenance phase and dieting phases are easy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I will say is, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I get this perfect all the time because that's not life, right? Is if I've got my period and I eat more chocolate than I should, and I've kind of gone over my calories for the day, then so be it. You know, you have taught me that you just eat, get back on plan the next meal, right? Like it's one meal out of how much of your week. And I think that would be the other thing is I used to focus so much on what I ate a day. Whereas now I look at actually, what if I consumed over my whole week and has my whole week been in balance? Because there are days where we're hungrier than others, we've been more active. And so, you know, our body needs that fuel. And so not kind of looking, not judging like each moment, but actually kind of stepping back and going, so what? You had some extra lunch or you had some extra dinner. Like the world isn't going to end. Tomorrow you can get back on track. No use writing off the whole day, right? Like I used to do that. You'd have a meal and then go, oh, I may as well eat bad for the whole day. I definitely don't do any of that. Um, but I absolutely have meals where I overeat. And I'd be, you know, I don't want to give any impression that I'm totally perfect because I'm far from <laughs> Yes, but then it's that difference of being able to develop that mindset. And that's that whole thing that I talk about all the time in terms of like you've changed your lifestyle. You change your identity, yes. change who you are in order to then yeah. be able to reach your goals. So Correct. how were you able to let go of that perfectionism mindset? Because I know there are so many women struggling with that. Mm. It's if they're not perfect, then I'm what's the point? If I'm not yeah. like, if I'm not getting my exercise right, then I'm not going to reach my goal because I'm not perfect. I don't get my food right. So what's the point for eating right for the rest of the day? So what like were some really big um things that helped yeah. you move through that specific mindset? I think you almost have to consider it an experiment, right? <laughs> Is to think about giving it a go and Proving yourself wrong, proving that you can do this and still be strong and not fall off the wagon and sustain this way of eating long term. Um, You know, as I said, I've been doing this now for almost a year and there is no way I am going back to any other way of eating. It's, you know, totally changed my life. But definitely I had these moments of, you know, as I said, it's like eating to menu plan when I first started. That was a bit of an experiment, right? So do that and then feel how comfortable you get. And then the next thing where you start to kind of branch out a little bit more, I think it's, it's the same thing is yep. you do have to consider it's hard, right? Like I think naturally when you are a perfectionist and you want to control it all. And I definitely went through moments of like tracking calories and not tracking calories. And every time, you know, that I change my macros, I tend to track for a little bit because I get, I'm wanting to get used to, well, if my protein you know, size has gone up, what does that look like on a plate? But yeah. I intuitively know now what my food needs to look like on a plate, right? I've done it long enough now to now know what that portion of chicken looks like or, you know, the per- portion of turkey or any sort of food that I'm eating, the portion of pasta and gnocchi, all of the great stuff. Um, that I think it is just moving through those almost like little experiments so then you can trust yourself. And then taking those body composition photos, right? Because that yeah. is the evidence to say that it's changing. Um, you know, without a doubt, I am weighing more. I, and as I said, I have got rid of my scales, but I ha- did weigh myself. But my muscle definition is freaking hot. <laughs> and I've got shape in places I've never had shape. 
And that's what I was going for, righties. And so that's where I think relationship with scales that become really dangerous because it is not a reflection on actually what your body looks like. And if I was to do, I know that that would totally derail me if I was focused on that number. It just doesn't even, I actually remember recently weighing myself and feeling so freaking liberated because I went, ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. And that was it. There was not this spiral of, okay, I'm not going to eat anything for the rest of the day because that number was bigger than what it used to be or, you know, where it totally changes the course of your day because you've seen something that isn't where you think it should be. It just didn't even kind of get on my radar. It was like, interesting. Mm -hmm. I'll let Laura know what that number is now, but not like, you know, but that was it. There was no, no downward spiral, which that for me, that was like a huge moment of relinquishing that relationship with a scale. Yes. And that's so, so empowering. And I'm so happy that you're Mm. able to look at it like that now. And that's so freaking amazing. And that just brings the back to the point of like how important it is to have, you know, specific goals that you're working on and focusing on those specific things and then making sure your actions are actually lining up with those specific things. It was back to like pulling back to when you're like, you know, Alana came to me and when she was sitting through, you know, that discomfort phase and she was like, her clothes are feeling tight. And she was like, oh, I want to go into the calorie deficit and then it's that's the important part for me as the coach to be the educator for one but then knowing and being like no we this is part of the process this is normal this is what has to happen in order for you then to reach your goal but if we pulled you out too early then those actions are then not alignment with your end goal so it's really really important to be making sure your actions are lining up with what you actually want to achieve because just throwing in more cardio and throwing restricting calories is not helping you get home a toned physique right it's such an emotional response and, and that's the biggest Absolutely. thing that I would want everyone to take away from this podcast is learning how to respond to something yes. rather than to react to something because yeah. when you're able to do that like your life will honestly change because it's that difference between going into those spirals like you were just talking yeah. about or being able to be like cool that's just the number like I'm just going to continue with what I'm doing you can see how powerful those mind shifts can be in terms of like dictating our actions and ultimately our actions are always going to dictate our results so absolutely yeah definitely and I definitely remember those I would say to you oh I want to get into a deficit you know my clothes are feeling tight and you'd say where is it coming from you know, like what's driving it. It was never some logical thought. It was totally emotional. It was all about my mindset. It was, you know, based on a limiting belief of kind of comparison and what I should look like. And, you know, and I think I said to you this week, I bought a new pair of freaking denim shorts because my butt has got more muscle and they look amazing, right? So it was like, move on from the old shorts, (laughs) just buy a new pair. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's so important to, you know, wanting to change your body composition and it's so important to be working on your mindset and your own yeah. limiting beliefs or all your belief in your patterns because until you really understand what's going on in your little noggin is really going yeah. to be like the success of your results that you're going to get and that's in every yeah. area of your life right like in in 100%. your career in business and it's it's just so powerful topic and it's something that definitely needs to be working on at the same time as your nutrition yeah. exercise absolutely yeah And then the last thing that I really want to pick your brain about, because like we said at the start, you're so inspiring being a mom, boss, business, babe, so consistent with your food and exercise. How do you manage it all? How do you show up for yourself? Mm. How do you juggle your 10 hats? 
Yeah, it's not easy. And I think if anyone thinks it is, then um, they're kidding themselves. But I'm a massive believer of putting my own oxygen mask on first. And that's been a real deep value of mine for certainly as long as I can remember, definitely since having kids. And so having something else that I need to kind of really overtly worry about. And I just know I'm a better human when I have put myself first. If I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for me at the end of the day, then no one's getting the best version of Alana. Like I'm so clear on that. Um, the other thing that, that I will say is, and I use this quote a lot in my business work is, you know, every system is perfectly designed for the results it gets, right? So, you know, I use this in my work when I look at like organisations and the cultures that they currently have. It's the same for all elements of of your life, right? If if you are getting a particular result, you have designed your system perfectly for that result. So for me, when I think about goal setting, you know, it's not actually about the goal. The goals are the destination. The systems that you design to get to the goal is actually where your success comes from. So for me, I'm look, I am a morning um, person and I wake naturally around kind of 5.30 the latest. And, and I've always done that since having kids because it's the one time of the day that I can get my exercise in before the whole house, house wakes. Um, so that's when I exercise. I exercise in the morning and do get my weight session in. I have a, a home gym, which is awesome. I've just continued to fit that out with equipment as you and I have been working together. And I want to be really clear. It's not like I've got a room that is set up as this beautiful gym in my garage amongst bikes and yeah, with a boat and all this sort of stuff. So it's not, I don't want to give an illusion of having a grand, beautiful gym with mirrors. There's definitely none of that in my gym. Um, So I've got, you know, I've got really great routine around when I exercise. My clothes that I exercise are out the night before. You know, all these little things are part of the systems that enable me to be successful in, you know, putting myself first and making that time. Um, What's actually been really nice about my weight training is my husband has now started to join me in those sessions. And, you know, we get this lovely time, just the two of us in the morning before the kids wake, which I think, you know, at the end of the day when you're coming, you know, you've had dinner and the kids are in bed and you kind of get that time together, it's not really quality time that you're getting as parents, right? And so that's actually been really lovely for us um, just as a couple to kind of have that time together. Um, Menu planning, which you taught me, that is like my saviour. And my saviour because life is so busy, right? So, um, you know, I plan all my meals, breakfast, lunch, dinners and snacks. And when I say I plan, I literally have a a piece of paper that I go, what are are my options for breakfast, breakfast, lunch lunch and dinner? And it's usually, there's usually two options for each meal um, just to keep life super simple. And I do some prep if I need to, depending on what the meal is. Otherwise, I just shop to make sure that I've got all that food in my house so that when I'm hungry, I've got the food at my disposal that I know fuels my body well and I, I am satisfied from eating. Um, you know, now that takes me like 10 minutes to do, right? So I think these little things that you put in place are so critical to ensuring you can be successful. if. You know, I deeply believe that what what gets in the way becomes the way. So if we convince ourselves mm-hmm. that we don't have the money all the time, or we, you know, we're not we we don't we can't you know prep food or whatever that looks like, then that becomes your reality. I mean, that's the power of the mind, right? Yep. So um, I also know that living this way is an amazing example for my kids, right? Mm-hmm. To see me as a female business owner, to see me putting myself first. Um, you know, all that stuff is such a great example to them and what they should expect to see for other women in their lives and for, and for themselves, right? 
Um, but as I said, I'm not perfect. You know, the, some weeks I get this right, and other weeks it's like a shit fight from Monday to Friday. And I think, oh my god, how did how did our whole family actually survive this week? Um, but I work hard to make these choices because they're important to you know me and my family. Um, but I, I would say, you know, you pick a couple of things and we just do them really well. And for us, that's exercise and menu planning and then just making sure that everything else around that is as organised as we can. You know, we have this saying in our house, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't happen, right? That, the calendar is really important. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think people undervalue like how the simple things can just help so much because we're always looking for this, like, you know, this magical thing that's going to fix everything. But like, honestly, the yeah. power of meal planning and I drill this in, into all my clients is plenty of meals, plenty of meals, plenty of meals. Yes. Because like, and I know it's very overwhelming at the beginning for everybody, but like, yeah. as you just said, it literally takes you 10 minutes now. So it's just something that's exactly. so helpful and it take and now, and it's become so easy. Um, yeah. Did you ever, in amongst that and putting yourself first, and that's so important, and us women, but we're because we're such a, we're so loving and we really value others and we're always trying to help because that's just our nature. Did you ever experience guilt of needing to put yourself first? And if you did, how were you able to move through that? Look, not really, because since having the kids, it's been so important to me to do that, to have that time for exercise, even if it was just walking. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a sanity thing as well. And I've always involved the kids when I've exercised. So I remember when the kids were tiny and I'd have them in bounces and I'd be jumping up and down in front of them and their little heads kind of, you know, going up and down, you know, watching me. Um so, no, I haven't, but I think purely because I've done it for so long and I probably worked through the guilt and um, definitely recognise that when I haven't prioritised myself that I'm not a very nice human being because, for me, exercise is like that stress reliever and so when I haven't had it, I mean, I, and I vividly, like I can remember periods of like particularly when the kids are really young and not sleeping well and, you know, all that sort of stuff and not doing it and my husband would say, have you gone for a run or have you walked recently? <laughs> maybe you should do that I'll take the baby you go for a walk um and and I'm a different person afterwards so I I I recognize that even just from my well-being um how important it is but I totally recognize that's a thing a lot of parents right yes and like I am exactly the same and I I laugh at you because of like Niels used to say that to me he was like have you worked out have you gone for a walk like have you eaten enough (laughs) yes all right all of that yeah it's so so important (laughs) because it's so powerful when we're you know we are better people when we're able to come from that cup filled place so I love that you're able to prioritize that and really you know act in your values in that way because you know you are a better person when you do look after yourself um moving into what is your biggest advice for anyone who is struggling with their relationship with food or their body um, I so often have thought, man, I wish I met you years ago <laughs> because I don't totally changed my life. <laughs> no, no, she's not scripted me at all on this. Um, but seriously, I think, you know, I've had such this unhealthy relationship with food and exercise my whole life. And um, that, you know, through working with you, I've realized that I have the control to change that, right? That is within my own, with knowledge and education and, you know, trust and support from you that I've been able to totally change that. And it's interesting because I think it's funny, if you look at it really logically, you kind of go, it's just food, it's just exercise, right? But we know it's our freaking brains that get in the way. It's the conversations we have with ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. It's And that is so powerful when I think 
that's what I have learned to control is just my response to the way that food and exercise and the role it plays in my life. And so, you know, my advice is that you can change all of this. You might have been, you know, I started working with Laura when I was 40 years old. So um, <laughs> old dogs can get learn new tricks. And so it is within your control, right? I think that just, yeah, massive. And for so long, the first time I'm looking in the mirror and I'm not pulling my body apart. I'm not kind of going, oh, this I don't like and this I don't like. I feel really proud that I'm where I am and that I've been so consistent and that I've just shown up for myself, even on days where I'm like, oh, man, got my period, I feel a bit crap or I'm tired. And Because, again, I just know I feel so much better actually once I've done that workout, right? Like I think like anything, we start the first five minutes and when we've finished it, we're like, so glad we did that. And so I would say, you know, my advice is that everyone has it within us to change our relationship with food and exercise and find the freedom and not allow it to freaking control our lives the way that it does. It is not that important. It is, I know, because it keeps us alive from a food perspective. But if you think about the amount of space in your brain versus, you know, focusing on other things in your life, that for me, that's the biggest thing, right, is I now have this space where it's like, oh, I've got, you know, brain space for other things that isn't just all about food and exercise, which is so cool. Yes, I remember like finding my own food freedom and that being my biggest thing of being like, I've got so much more time for other things. Like Mm. you don't realize how much like time and energy is wasted in our heads thinking about our next meal or too many calories or my I need to change what I'm doing or I need to go on a deficit or you know, yeah. the stories that go on and on. So totally, it's so, so beautiful that you're able like where you are right now. And it's so beautiful. And I'm always so grateful to help you guys through that because it's, it's you guys that are yeah. doing all the work. I'm just here to facilitate it and ask them good questions. So you, yeah. But that's an important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, an important part of it. Oh, I love that. What's next? What does life look for? What's you? next? Like, tell me. Tell everyone. Yeah. Well, I found this amazing <laughs> image on Instagram of this body that I love the look of. I sent it to Laura and said, this is my body goal by 45. Um, again, knowing that like it's, and, and this, and it's not about being skinny. It's about looking strong and having great muscle definition. And so, you know, you have said to me, well, in the past, you know, you're only at maintenance. Maybe you might sit at surplus. And your response on my Insta post was, you know what this means, right? And I was like, yes, it's a surplus. So I want to continue to build these muscles, right? Like I want to be fit and strong. And I know that as I get older as well, this sort of training is so important for my health. Mm. Um, But I just feel better for it, right? So my goal is to continue to do what I'm doing, continue to trust myself, continue to work with you and, and have the trust in you to guide me and pull me into line in those moments where, you know, because again, no one's perfect when I kind of go, oh, I want to get into a deficit. And, you know, you ask all the great questions and keep me focused on the goal. Uh, And I think that's what all great coaches should be doing. So that's the plan. Yes. And I love that. And I love your transformation in terms of like from once being like, I'm terrified to increase my calories to now being like, yes, hells yeah. Like let's focus on getting strong. Let's focus on getting fit. And I think that's such a powerful mindset shift that we can like really helped me as well through my process was like strong, not skinny. I want to do this feel strong over skinny. And they were the, even the mantras that I used to tell myself at the beginning of my journey to, you know, get me through those, that discomfort. So I love all of that. Alana, 
Uh, I am honestly. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> for you as well. Like, I'm. I can't wait. So, to wrap this all up, is there anything that you would like to add? Maybe one piece of advice, the top tier that you would say for someone who is at the start of their journey. Um, I would say don't get too focused on the now, right? Is set these little goals and motivate yourself to look forward. Is I think sometimes, you know, when we think about what we look like today, it's hard to imagine what it will look like in three months is be consistent. Just show up for yourself every day, whether that be that you're doing a weight session or you're just getting your steps up or you're just fueling your body in a way that keeps you satisfied is the consistency is key. And that if you're doing that, then you'll get results. So not overcomplicating it, right? Not trying to do everything, just show up for yourself every day. And I just don't think you can go wrong if you do that. Yes. And what a perfect way to end because that's literally my motto is how can we find a way that you're going to be able to maintain consistency? Because consistency at the end of the day is the reason why you're going to get your outcome. Everyone is going to get their outcome as long as they remain consistent. But those self-sabotaging behaviors and those limiting the beliefs are the things that get in the way from stopping us from being consistent. So thank you for sharing that message. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much uh, same back at you thank you so much I couldn't have done it without you <laughs> <laughs> and that is a wrap of another episode thank you all so much for being here I really do appreciate it and I will see you all in the next episode